This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Let's read something together in Matthew chapter 13 from verse 53. I want us to read this morning together. Matthew 15 or 13, 53. When Jesus finished the parable, it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables, it departed hence or thence. Next verse. And when he was come to his own country, he told them in the synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence had this man this wisdom? And these mighty works. Great. Oh. <laughs> great and mighty works. They are products of great wisdom. I want to begin to talk about the spirit of wisdom. And we just want to start. To climb the ladder gradually. This morning. So Jesus came to his hometown and the Bible said they were shocked. He began to speak and they could not reconcile the capital son that they used to know and the man speaking right now. Say, where did he get this wisdom from? He did not even go to Harvard. And then this mighty works. And one guy was like, he, 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 he was my neighbor some two years ago and look at this now what is going on here this is how men will wonder at you the bible says even though we have known christ he said henceforth know we no man after the flesh in other words we don't know any man after the flesh he said even though we are known christ after the flesh but now we know him no more if any man be in christ that means the possibility of what we are talking about is only in Christ. So something happened to Jesus of Nazareth that made him to become a man of wisdom that people wondered at. Because before that thing happened, he was silent for 30 years. Even though at age 12, he showed up briefly at the temple, but beyond that, nothing was said of him. Then he was 30 or thereabouts. And then the neighbors saw him again. He came back to the neighbor where he grew up. And they were shocked at the man they saw. Three years ago, this, wasn't this, this guy wasn't like this. Now, three years after, he just visited his neighborhood. And they were shocked at what they saw. And they said, we are exactly what we are hearing from this man. You know, I, Jesus was so strange. That the Pharisees who did not like him never seems to attend all his meetings. Because there is something about the force of the spirit of wisdom. Not everybody will like you, but you cannot be ignored. Are you following me? One day the Pharisees bribed some people to go and catch him by the words of their mouth, of his mouth. So those guys went and they sat down in his meeting, waiting for him to say something that they could use. Uh, on the base of the law against him but those guys came back to those who sent them and said 
We have never heard any man talk like this. I'm sure those guys bought the CD. And they gave those who sent them. He wanted you to hear yourself. They said, the man you sent us to go and catch with his word. We have never. One of them says, I'm 39 years. In all my 39 years of existence, no one has ever spoken like this before. Because Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Ah. Let's, let's quickly, do, we are going to go to Solomon. First service, if I don't get there, we continue second service. Just when you get home, continue to watch. That's the beauty of technology. Are, are you with me? Look at 1 Corinthians 2. Let's start from verse 6. 1 Corinthians 2, 6. I want to begin to make... A, there is a difference. Okay. Maybe that's how far we go this first service. You can sit down. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for standing with me for a while. Glory to God. How be it we speak wisdom. So... <laughs> a, a Nigeria pidgin English or will say we yearn wisdom. You can know it when a man who has had an encounter with it is talking. Now, Paul is, he didn't say they because it happened to Paul, but we are going to get there. Paul said, We, we speak wisdom. Then he said, I need you to understand what type of wisdom. He said, among them that are perfect. That word perfect there, there's no matter it's mature. That's, it, that's the word. Yet not the wisdom of this world. Paul began to say, when we say we speak wisdom, I am telling you that we are not speaking the wisdom of this world. Now, nor of the princes of this world that come to nothing. In other words, there is what is called the wisdom of this world. Everybody say one. Say it louder. Look at your neighbor. Is it the quiet type? <laughs> Amen. Say one very well. So, the wisdom of this world. Then he said, number two. He said, we don't speak also the wisdom of the princes of this world. In other words, there is the wisdom of this world. There is ordinary wisdom. And many people don't even have that one. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is ordinary wisdom. And then there is what is called the wisdom of the princes of this world. Well, some can look at it as literally as princes, but I believe he's talking about principalities and power. The magicians of Egypt, who threw them their rod and they became serpents, were called wise men. And there is someone that calls people working with him also wise men, but let's not. <laughs> wise men, magicians of Egypt. The same thing, those who were with Nebuchadnezzar in the palace. Why? The wisdom of the princes of this world begins where the wisdom of man stops. There is nothing you learn in Harvard that can help you turn rod to serpents. Yes, <laughs> if you watch traditional movies, old movies, both urban and Ibos, 
when they go to this native dog, they call them wise one. Because what you cannot learn in university, <laughs> university can teach you psychology, but cannot teach you who is doing you. <laughs> are, you, are you with me? <laughs> so even when the intellectuals go to this, they say wise one. <laughs> <laughs> that the way he told us one you know before he got born again who looked at him when he came they brought him and he, the guy felt he was arrogant he said that only go service and told him to go and buy a ram or goat and to walk with the goat from the market to the native daughter's house and he was about a professor there what an embarrassment so they say wise one because they know that ability to see into the spirits is superior to whatever is in any book. This is why if a sickness is a demonic attack, doctors can help you. Sickness can be ordinary sickness. All of them are under the falling stop happening to man. There is none that Christ has not redeemed us from. But there is, you can be bitten by a mosquito and have malaria uh, you can stretch your so there are, you can eat certain types of food and it can affect you negatively. So not all sicknesses are spiritual. If it's not if at least how you know, by the time you take medication and the thing stays, and all doctors have done what they know, then that means beyond them. Have you a doctor telling somebody to go home that we don't know what to do again? They do that both here and abroad. Some they keep them permanently on medication and they are there forever. Because we cannot see a demon under microscope. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Someone had cancer. And they detected early enough and they cut it out. And about a year after that, around the same time, another one developed elsewhere. How long would they cut the person? And this time around, the woman said, no, don't cut the game. I know if you do, it will appear elsewhere. And the first one was on her breast, and they removed it. It will appear elsewhere. This is devil at work. Are you following me? So there is the wisdom of the princes of this world. That was why when Pharaoh had a dream, he first of all called them. Because these ones can tell you something by divination. And divination is superior to intellectualism. Are you getting what I'm saying? But Paul said that we are not talking about any of these two types of wisdom. He said we are talking about the wisdom of God. So there is a wisdom of this word. I want to use Solomon a little to illustrate something and I will stop there. Glory to God. What do you know about Solomon? The wisest man in Old Testament. And everybody knows the story of Solomon's encounter. I want to take us to I, dear Lord Jesus. I think we, we will do more of that second time. But let's start this way. Let's go a little into Solomon. I want to show you something. So in First King chapter 3 is where we all know very well. So Solomon asked God. So first of all, he offers sacrifice. But this is the beginning. 
I, I think I should just hang it up there today or for this morning, first session. In that first Corinthians 2 that we read, verse 6, if you go down to verse 9, eventually the Bible says that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, it has not entered into the atom, and they think that God has prepared for those who love Him. I just want to say that the foundation for experiencing supernatural wisdom, spirit of wisdom, is to love God. That's the foundation. Now, you are going to find this in Solomon. Many Christians don't know that God wants to be loved. Do you love God? Or do you want to use God? Do you really, really love God in your heart? It's love towards his own conditioner, but it's yours conditioner. Do you really love God? You know, at times I watch, and I was saying this on Wednesday, and I will say, because in, on, on, in November, we are building a campaign towards soul winning and towards prayer. If you don't see me at the prayer meeting on Saturday morning, then I'm not in Lagos. Even though I can all, all through maybe January to June, July, I was doing vigil every Friday. Yet, I will come for prayer meeting. At times, I will just sleep a little here and join prayer meeting in the morning. How can you, and I was saying it on Wednesday, I don't understand Christians who don't pray. In this wicked world that we live in, we are men that double diabolical. We are men do rituals and all sorts. You are not praying and you are not concerned. When there is a concert, Christians go there. Concert will entertain you. There is nothing wrong with it. But it does not build your spirits. Almost in every church all over the world, less than one tenth attend prayer meeting. And when people attend prayer meeting, the ones who are already praying are the ones who go for prayer meeting. How do you feel okay? I don't fear what people fear, but I fear a prayerless, li a prayerless life. How can you open up yourself for the enemy to get? Let me tell you this, which I've shared before. For your marriage to run well, for 40 years of you and your husband, and nobody misbehaves in a nothing beyond minor arguments, it takes prayer to regulate family. And for children to talk, and you are not praying, and you are not concerned. It grieves me when I see Christians who don't like to pray. Every Saturday, some wake up to be here to pray. You are there at home sleeping. Why? Why should you not there? And make no mistake about it. There is private prayer, yes, but there is also public prayer. They did the two in that of apostles, not one for another. You don't come to pray in the public and not pray privately. Neither should you pray privately and not join prayer publicly. Or public. Neither should you pray privately and not join publicly in praying. You should join in public. Why should you stay at home and not pray? And many do fire brigade approach. And on Saturday, many of you that come for prayer, I don't leave prayer. I sit at the back and I join all the prayers they are calling. Don't you know that even when your life is smooth, you need prayer to maintain it? I've told you before, Satan is not sick and is not dead. It's not on admission. You know, the way some Christians live, they think that Satan is actually on admission receiving drips. So he's so weak and not operates. He is alive. 
And what gives us victory is our faith in Christ. And standing on the word of God. And the Bible warns that give no place to the devil. One of the ways of not giving place to is to pray. Jesus said, watch and pray that you fall not into temptation. There is no man that is not capable of committing adultery. There is no man. There is no marriage that infidelity cannot come into if the doors are left open. That's why it's a warning. Give no place to the devil. The Bible says, watch and pray that you fall not into temptation. That means if I stop watching and I stop praying, you will fall into temptation. So people do far begin that pray. When they say need in their life, then they want to pray. Some of us, when they say need, that's when we relax. Because we are praying long before the need. When they say need, then we lift up our hands and break into worship. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I just challenge somebody. You know, every Saturday night, I've been going for evangelism. I have people to pick two Saturdays out of ten. Any two Saturdays of your choice out of ten to join them in soul winning. Some haven't picked. You know, I wonder what some Christians will say when you stand before Jesus. What exactly do you want from Jesus? And what exactly have you done for him? Who did all for you and gave the all of himself? When will you celebrate? A guy called me in the church. He said, for the first time in my life, I led somebody to Christ. And I rejoiced with him. When will some other people accept Jesus? When will heaven dance? Since the Bible says that they rejoice in heaven over one sinner that repents. When will you give heaven cause to rejoice? And you are bombarding them every day to give you reason to be full of joy. Well, God is not the one that will say, because I know I'm not doing this, no. But is it fear that you are asking God to make your life beautiful? You want to rejoice. And they tell you that this is only thing, all is why we dance in heaven and you cannot give them that reason. You pass by people every day, you will never say anything about Christ. How long shall you do this? It has never occurred to you that only you can lead some people to Christ. The only person some people will ever listen to is you. That's the way God has designed the world. If we are bonky, talk to them. It's normal life now. If Dana Kolende talks to them, they will never listen. But somehow, when you talk, they will listen. There is a sphere of influence that is given to only you. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. You see, you must love him so much. Sorry, damn. I will go back to the message they were. When I was, I got born in secondary school under scripture, you know. Nobody told us that God could bless. We did not even know that it was right to ask God to bless us. We were all out for two things to please Him and not to go to hell. But nowadays, I just say that people just want, some don't even want to see His face at all. They're like that little kid with your hands stretched to your daddy, give me. And that is just even look at me. No, I'm not looking at you. Let something land on my palm. Why do people pray? Lord, I need a job. Lord, I need a wife. Lord, I need this one. Lord, I need that one. And the Bible says, if you seek for the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, all other things shall be added. It's a promise from the master himself 
that it shall be added. Let me stop there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's look at Solomon. First Kings 3. Let's start from verse 1. Yeshua. I, I, you will help me play this song. Yeshua, Mashiach, Dominana. I, I don't know the words, there, so let me pronounce. Don't let me pronounce nonsense. So that. <laughs> verse 2. <laughs> I like the tune, even though I don't know the. Only that the sacrifice in high places because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until those days. Verse 3. And Solomon, everybody help me shout the word together. Solomon was again walking in the status of David, his father. Only sacrifice and burnt incense in high places. I will explain that another day. And the king went to Gibeon and sacrificed there. And there was a great, a thousand burnt offering. See, when you love God, you'll give. Now, there are four things that will show in the life of somebody growing spiritually, somebody who loves God. Number one, you are going to have a very, very strong private prayer life. That is your word. There is an affinity for word and prayer. Apostle man is always saying something, and I love that statement from him a lot. When you are not finished, one of the beginning, one of the early signs is that loss of appetite for food. When you don't like spiritual food also, something is wrong somewhere. Did you get that? You will always develop a very deep private prayer life and word life when you are growing spiritually. Number two, anybody growing spiritually will want to serve. Jesus pulled down his clothes and he began, he told them, do the same to others. You know what? Those who come to sweep this place, those who come in the night, prayer people prayed overnight. I was on Friday, I was there overnight with them, I was watching them pray. I sat there and they were praying there. Those who joined to pray, they are serving others. They were not here to pray about, they were praying about people's family. Praying about misunderstanding to disappear from home. Praying that the sick should be healed. It is the art of a growing spiritually, a spiritual man or woman to want to serve. Number three, giving. You just saw it there. Solomon loved the Lord. and For God so loved the world and he gave. Loving God, being deeply rooted spiritually, we always culminate to these three things. And the fourth one is that you share your faith. When there is something, when your spiritual life is bubbling, those four things are the fruits that we see. We cannot sing to your spirit, but we can tell the state of your spirit man by looking at these four things. And the four of them, all the chairs you are seated on this morning, there are four legs. Not one out of four, not three out of four, all the four things must be there. A man that is at, that is on page with God spiritually, we always share his faith boldly. He's a soul winner. He's a giver. He spends time alone with God. Maybe one hour, maybe time. But every day there is devotion and there is word. Based on your time, we can't measure time for you. That will be law. But you, you know that there is something personally going on between you and God. Yeah. And the fourth one is that you serve. You cannot be satisfied anymore with watching others do things and you are just there. No, you want to serve. It is an example of a growing Christian. Jesus said so. That is leadership. You want to serve. Is there anyone that wants to be a leader among you must be a servant. You want to serve. So Solomon loved the Lord. He offered a bond, a thousand, 
Now the Bible tells you it works in the statue of David. That is devotion. Now sacrifice, say, that is giving. Now look at the next verse. In Gibeon, why did God appear to Solomon after he gave? We'll talk about that another day. There is something about God and giving. Every time they reacted an altar in Old Testament, which will mean you sacrifice bull, then God will appear. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. Ah, I have five minutes more. Solomon said, Thou hast shown my father, my daughter, and one. You have given him a son to sit upon his throne. He started by recognizing the mercy of God. I want to say something to you, and we close here. If God gives you a blank check, what were you going to, what are you going to feel there? And I will tell you what will help you. Talking about levels of wisdom. And I'm going to stop here this morning. God appeared to Solomon. Solomon began by saying that you have shown my father mercy. Everybody on the sound of my voice. No matter how pressured or pressed you are. Don't rush prayer by telling God how, pay, how much the pain is, how deep or how painful it is. Start by worshipping God. Let the beginning of your conversation with God Always be acknowledged. Always acknowledge his mercy at work in your life. God says, Solomon, what do you want? He started by saying that you have shown my father so much mercy. Because I am seated on this throne. I am here the king now, sitting here as the king of Israel, as a matter of your mercy. It could have been my brother, Adonijah, who had made himself king almost, and everybody has accepted him. But God saved Solomon. Then he said, Based on that, look at verse 7. Thou hast made thy servant king instead. I'm but a little child. I know not how to go out and to come in. Kerus. Ah, if you know Solomon very well, if you knew him, if you knew him when he was there and you were there with him, you would conclude that he was lying there. He said, I don't know how to go in and I don't know anything. Really? All you need to just read chapter 2. And see how he purged the throne. <laughs> but there is the Lord, I don't know anything. In the presence of God, hide what you think you know and who you think you are. It's a mistake to approach God. I learned this about mentors. Also, and some young men do that. When I see older men of God, when I see older men of God, men who have gone ahead of us, I listen. I did not come into the world before to pastor, so that now I know how to pastor. So I listen to those who have spent 50 years pastoring. If I see Pastor Kumui now, I will, I, will, I will pay any amount to sit down in his presence to hear. We might have some differences in our doctrine, but I will kneel down here if I see him. There's no pride in this thing. Some people go to see, and I've seen some, you know, they go to see a senior pastor, or maybe you are just starting a business, what, what, somebody whose name is all over Nigeria, and you are mentioning your achievement before the guy. What wise men will do? He won't tell you anything again. He will listen and say, oh, you are doing very well. You are doing very well. So you are going to leave his office with your shoulder high, but your poverty high also. Or higher than your shoulder. You know, some people don't know the protocols to engage when you are in the presence of greatness. You are telling somebody who is a global phenomenon that you just opened the toy shop or land, land by anchor. 
and you are talking. If our customers are coming, I know some people find it because you do understand the protocols of get. No, keep what you have. Listen to what the person has to say, because in a few years time you must you might be ahead of the person. Glean from his wisdom. You know, interestingly, I saw a very old picture of Barack Obama holding the suit of was it Jimmy Carter or which one and standing behind him. That was talking to people, he just stood listening. Many years before he became president. I have seen that of Ashwa Jubalati Nubu also in the days of I was standing while they were sitting talking. One of the things that people don't know is that see, you don't emerge from nowhere. The world is never designed. I'm not saying whether these people are good or bad. No, no, I'm just giving a general example. See, they show the picture they didn't do by one. They sit on the floor and watch it. I see they're the playing ball. You, you don't emerge from nowhere. And also, be careful of social media. Otherwise, your popularity is just there between you and your clan on social media. <laughs> Nobody. There must be a time that you must listen to those who are ahead of you in humility. Then something is passed to you and in 10 years you are in charge of the entire world. But that you will just appear from nowhere. It does not happen. Life is never designed that way. Are you getting what I'm saying? God made this so that nobody will be arrogant. I'm a self-made man. It's a lie. There is no self-made man on that. That means you taught yourself ABC in primary school. You taught yourself one, two, three. You forgot the teacher that taught you how to read ABC. Somebody taught you how to read and write. And now you are calling yourself a self-made man. A self-made man is a man that draws from heaven, picks up a book by himself, learns how to read by himself, learns how to write by himself, learns how to drive by himself, everything by himself. You connected wire to your house by yourself. You manufacture bulb by yourself. Nobody ever cook for you. Every food you ever ate, you cook it by yourself. Then you are qualified to say you are a self-made man. When you were sick, you treated yourself. You never spoke to anybody. The medication you took, you manufactured it by yourself. You went to the plant and you said, this one will cure malaria. You squeeze it and then by yourself. Once you have ever enjoyed the help of any man, you are never a self-made person. I'm a self-made man. You travel to go and do a business in America. Did you manufacture the aircraft you rode on? Didn't they carry you? You sat there and you obeyed the instruction. Fasten your bed, you did. And now you're a self-made man. Come out of the plane as a self-made man. I say, I'll get there by myself. There's no self-made man. The general, on top of everything, somebody gave back to you. So what do you mean by you're a self-made man? If your mom didn't give back to you, you wouldn't be here. So there's no self-made man. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's stop here. Solomon. Ah, how did he make this request? Now let's go back. Just show me the prayer. I'll, I'll close here. I'll, I'm gonna start second service from here. Are you with me? Is somebody getting blessed? I know not how to go out or come in. Verse 8. Thy servant is the midst, is in the midst of thy people. We thou hast chosen great people that cannot be numbered not for multitude. Anytime your request, you'll find a way to connect it to kingdom. God answers speedily. Write it down. Anytime you find a way to connect your request, prayer request, to something of the kingdom, the answer appears speedily. 
like Anna. If you give me a son, I will give him back to you. Look at how Solomon construct, how he constructed his words. You know what? I'm not what I'm, he, he, he built the bridge or the steps very well. Lord, what I'm about to ask for, I am not asking it so that I can look bigger than anybody. He said, Look, these people are your people. They are your people. They are your people. If I give a wrong judgment, your people will suffer. Your, he kept telling God, Your people, your people. He says, so make me a wife so that I can help these people. Ah, the Bible says, let's read on. He said, verse 9. Give therefore thy servant understanding hearts to judge again. See that word again, thy people. He didn't even say my people. Maybe God would have said, oh, they are your people. He said, thy people that I may discern. This is where we'll spend a lot of time. This is where I want to go seconds. This prayer Solomon did not exactly say, Lord, make me wise. Give your art, understanding art, one, that I may discern between good and bad. Who is able to judge this die so great a people? Let, next verse. And the speech. Ah. May you go to prayer one day and may your speech please God. Amen. Hallelujah. Ah, Lord. A wise and understanding are to discern between good and bad. What is Solomon saying here? We are going to get the second service. Who doesn't know the difference between good and bad? But it's deeper than that. Wisdom, supernatural wisdom, is ability to differentiate good from bad. Ability to discern. What is good? We are going to talk about this. Shegu is nice. Wale is nice. Shegu is born again. Wale is born again. Who do I marry? <laughs> it is very easy to choose between if you are a Christian. Okay, it's a non-believer, it's a Christian, so you know. But what about when two good options are before you? And in life, you rise by the decisions that you make. There's nothing wrong with you going to do masters in Canada or in UK. How do I know which one I cross into that fits God's plan for my life? That in the, in the, I can go to one and in the, ten, in the next 10 years disappear into oblivion. I can go to another one and in the next 10 years everybody's hearing about my name. Study, wisdom is ability to differentiate. How do I know? Solomon said, Lord, I need a wise and understanding art that I might be able to. Now, I will show you something. Go to chapter 2. I will read verse 6 and verse 9 of the same 1st King. 2, 9, 2, 1st King 2. Do according to thy wisdom and let, <laughs> let not his whole head go down to the grave in peace. Verse 7. For verse 9. Now therefore hold him not give for thou art a wise man. Now this is David talking to Solomon. Before an encounter with God. Solomon said before God I don't know anything. But David, when David was about to die. <laughs> fathers will always be fathers. There was a man called Shemel. When David was running away from Absalom his son. He was running away barefooted. And Shemel thought it was over for David. Anyone who has been a superstar before. When they're on the decline or something bad happens to them, don't run your mouth. Be careful. 
the world is so full of envy that people take advantage. So David was now running away from town. His son had sat on his sword and his son wanted to kill him. And the whole king, no shoe, nothing. He was not even riding on the horse. And Shimei saw him there. He said, Shoto. Shimei was from the tribe of Saul. So that beef was there. Just like in most cases when they appoint leaders, it used to happen when I was on campus. Some people get angry when they are not chosen. You don't do that. Shimei said that you took over from Saul, our own man. Now you are the king. Now your son has turned against you. God, God don't punish him. And the Bible says he began to curse. He was, he was a Yoruba man. He did like this to David, you see. Your... <laughs> and he kept talking. And one of the uh, soldiers around him said, Sir, let me take off his head. You know, those soldiers in those days. And David said, No, we are already running. He said, our, he said My own son is sending me away from town. My son wants to kill me. That is the. He said, This man's issue is the least of my problem. If my own son wants to kill me, why should I consider a neighbor cursing me? And so they left the guy. And the Bible said, David was going. She made climb the mountain and was going, and he was cursing as he was going. Then David made it back to the palace. And she made came. Like a Yoruba man. Hey, Joseph. You say, Shulolo me. Say, He's the devil. And David said, Don't kill me, sir. And David said that. Honestly, I won't kill you. He said, sir, swear to me that you will not kill me. And David swore. Shebi, it's me. No problem. Like I watched a movie, the guy was begging the assassin. He said, I'm going to tell you the truth, but you will not kill me. He said, promise I don't kill me. He said, no, I won't kill you. And he dropped the gun. So the guy told the truth. Then he told his peers, I kill him. <laughs> and he told him, at least I did not kill you. <laughs> so David said, no problem. Then when David wanted to die, and then the second person was Joab, David's chief of army staff, made David's life unbearable. Or made life unbearable for David. I mean, I mean, made him to suffer. And David kept quiet on the two of them. When he was about, they told Solomon. He said, those two guys. He said, I truly swore to Shemen that I will not kill him. He said, but I know you are a wise man. You know what to do. He said, Joab, ah. He said, when I made peace with the house of Saul, Joab killed Absalom, a general before, in which I didn't tell him to do. And he said, Amasa was another soldier I raised. And Joab became insecure and killed Amasa also. He said, imagine a king fighting his chief of Amistad. The whole kingdom will say, but now I'm going. He said, those two guys. And Solomon said, no problem. Solomon just went straight, killed Joab and appointed someone else. And then Solomon told Shemeh, Shemeh, come. And he came. He said, build the house in Jerusalem and don't travel. The day you travel, you will die. And Shemeh said, when you come here, I thought you wanted to kill me. I'm very happy. Thank you, sir. I will never travel out of Ikeja. Then his two servants disappeared. And somebody came to tell her, your servants are now in Iwo Road. So he went there to go and capture them and kill. Solomon said, come. Did you not say, I did well when I said you should not travel? And you swore that you will not travel. He said, now, you know what? Let me now tell you the whole reason. Remember what you said to my father. I'm about to kill you now. And he killed him. Now, what I want to bring out of this... David told Solomon that I know you are a wise man. I'm not going to tell you what to do with these guys. I want them to die in sorrow. But how you will do it, I know you are up to the task. That means Solomon had a measure of wisdom before he had an encounter with God. But that measure, Kai, let's rise. Let me stop here. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Is someone blessed this morning? Glory to God. Lift up your hands and just give him praise. Say the wisdom of God is at work in me. Bless the name of the Lord. 
We give you praise. We worship you. All glory to your name. Thank you, Abba Father. We love you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.